What's going on, Broncos country? I'm your host, Tanner Lee, for another edition of the Orange Weekly post-game podcast. And normally, I usually break down the previous game of the Broncos, but since I've waited a good few days since the Broncos were victorious over the Cardinals, I thought I would talk more about the cuts that have happened since then, uh, who made the team, who didn't, who's on the practice squad, etc. And I'll be joined again by my friend Jeff Ryan that was on the uh, week two postgame podcast of the preseason when we covered the uh, Broncos game against the Bears. So um, we'll be coming at you here with that shortly. First, here's some music from the Mad Fanatic. I am here with now, I guess we can call him a reoccurring guest of the Orange Weekly postgame podcast, good friend of mine, Colorado native Jeff Ryan. Jeff, how's it going this evening? Good, Tanner. So good to be back on with you here. Hey, it's finally game week, man. I know. I've been getting this now for uh, a long time, a couple months, and it's finally accumulated to this week, so super pumped that football's back. We actually have meaningful football we can talk about, and... Uh, Usually, typically on these uh, podcasts, we talk, we recap the game that just previously happened. But since uh, we've waited a couple of days to do this, um, the Arizona preseason four games kind of a distant memory, and there's not a whole lot to speak on the game. The Broncos did get a win. I guess the headline coming out of that game was the performance of then third string quarterback Paxton Lynch had a really good game. Um, come 24 hours or yeah, 48 hours after that game, he had made the initial 53-man roster only to be cut by the Broncos yesterday when they went out and acquired Kevin Hogan, third-year quarterback from Stanford. What is your opinion on the Paxton era in Denver and how this whole thing uh, went down? Um, I'm not at all surprised that it's come to an end at this point. Um you know, I I think that most of us in Broncos country, I know you and I can say this, that we were really disappointed that this is the way it worked out for Paxton and the Broncos because, you know, we wanted this guy to be a first-round future uh, franchise um, Denver Bronco quarterback, and unfortunately it's just not how it turned out. And, you know, people will argue that he had only limited action to prove what it was. I think from what we saw in each of his starts and each of his backup uh, roles that, that he was in for this team, he just he didn't look like a starting quarterback. In my opinion, he didn't even look like a backup quarterback. So, you know, good guy maybe, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure he's a good guy, but, you know, this is still a high-paying business, and you got to produce wins, and, and unfortunately Paxton couldn't do that. So just not surprised to see him go. A little, a little surprised, I'm sure. Uh, interested to get your take on this, but a little surprised how he was actually let go after initially thinking he made the team. Yeah, th- that was that was really kind of head scratching to me. My my only guess is 
they were really trying to get anything they could for him, see if they could make a trade for him in any way, and then just came down to it where they couldn't, so they just kept him, maybe worked throughout the Saturday night trying to trade him, couldn't get it done, and then they finally found a quarterback that was willing to come to Denver. And why why I say that is Elway made the comment that they spoke to uh, uh, several different veteran quarterbacks, but a lot of them weren't willing to come. Mm. Now, yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, I don't I don't really know how to take that, but uh, Kevin Hogan is the new guy, and now it'll be interesting to see if there's more competition for that backup spot between him and Chad Kelly. Well, uh, Chad Kelly has a lot of excitement, uh, especially from the fan base in Denver. I think we just want to be realistic and know that you know, he has no game experience. He was out all last, all of last year, so I don't think it's a uh, necessarily a bad thing to have some pushing him and competing for the backup role um, in case we do need to use the backup. There's very few teams that go through an NFL season and play their starting quarterback every single snap. Um, as much as we would like that to happen, it's just rare. Let's be honest. So um, it's good that you know we're being forward thinking. It's just, man, I can't believe we're using three spots for the quarterback position. Yeah, I know, I know, and I, I don't think, I don't think either Kelly or a Hogan will be placed down the practice squad. I could be wrong, but as of yesterday, they filled out the ten practice squad spots, which we'll hit on that here in a bit. Yeah, yeah, and you know the point you made about. Uh, why players may not be wanting to come to Denver specifically a quarterback. Cause, cause I, I do think John Elway brings a very big presence to this team and, and a, a almost like an overshadowing type of body where you just you have so much pressure on you to play quarterback for the Denver Broncos. And since Elway, you know, you and I talked about this even before Elway, the Broncos haven't developed a draft pick uh, that, we, that was a quarterback uh, drafted for us if maybe ever. And so I think players are scared to come to Denver and not have their careers progress. And they also don't want to have Elway looking over their shoulder the whole time, getting ready to come to Denver. You know, that's probably how Paxson was going. But at the same time, if you play well, none of that stuff's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. And one interesting note I uh, read about Paxson Lynch yesterday was there's only two guys in the history of the NFL that were drafted by that their certain team they played for and started less games than Paxton Lynch did. Paxton started four. There was one guy who didn't start any and one guy who started one. Wow. That's a lot. And it was it was it was back in the day too. So you know I was uh I was you know, I, I like to give most Broncos players the benefit of the doubt, but I, I was ready to see Paxton go. The minute I saw him crying on the sidelines against the Oakland Raiders, I thought that was his worst look of his career and I know he was bummed being hurt, and, and I'm sure he thought his career was crumbling, but you got to be tougher than that. And I, and I think that was his business. He, he proved in his two years in Denver he's just not a very tough guy to be a starter, let alone a backup in the NFL. But yep. it's my opinion. Yep, I still wish him the best. I'm just, I just really wish I wouldn't have got a Paxton Lynch shirt. I need to burn that or something. Yeah. I don't even, you know, most Bronco stuff, like my Tebow shirt, my Wes Welker shirt. Various jerseys I've had. I like to keep those, you know, just for nostalgia. I don't even want to keep those. No, I, I don't blame you. There's not a whole lot of value in that one. No. And uh, he actually has a meeting with the Buffalo Bills tomorrow, I just read. I saw that. It's, uh, boy, that, that team. There, there's, 
there's a couple teams in the NFL that I uh, think the lucky stars I'm not a fan of, and, and the Buffalo Bills are definitely one of those. Are the Oakland Raiders one of those? Oh, oh, completely. And, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm sure you'll hit on this at some point, but uh, not mad about a certain guy leaving that organization. Well, why don't we hit about it right now? I know we're going to talk more about the cuts and the practice squad of the Broncos, but what are your thoughts about Oakland giving up Khalil Mack initially getting mainly two first-round picks back in like a third-round pick? I, I, I couldn't believe it. I think on paper, you know, it, it looks a decent deal for the Raiders to make. But, man, it, it, to me it looks like John Gruden is ready to run that franchise right in the ground before he even gets to Vegas. And I love every single minute of it. I mean, you got a guy that is top three defensive player in the league and arguably was the best defensive player in the league. Um, these last four years, you know, we, I, I would like to believe that Von Miller has him out, but Aaron Donald is up there as well with him. Um, but my personal bias obviously favors Vaughn. But uh, he's a great player, and, you know, for them not to pay him um, and, for, and for Gruden not to even have a conversation with him is just mind-boggling to me. I mean, he's legitimately their best player. And uh, I think to get two draft picks sounds great, two first-round draft picks sounds great, but Think about how many first-round draft picks has, have failed. I mean, that's a huge risk to take on a guy that is a sure thing. No doubt. I mean, I, you know, they arguably got more when they traded John Gruden to Tampa Bay back in, I think, 2003. Yeah. They got two first-rounders, a third-rounder, I believe, and $8 million. Oh, I, it's absolutely hilarious to me. I mean, as a Bronco fan, I love nothing more than, than what happened over the weekend with that whole situation. Well, you know, not only do they do that, they cut Martavius Bryant, who they got from the Steelers. Yeah, Martavius yep. was going to have a suspension for some failed drug test. Uh, surprise, surprise. But they also go yeah. and get A.J. McCarron when they already had E.J. Manuel as their backup. Which is bizarre. And isn't McCarron hurt right now? Actually, he played last game. Okay. Uh, he was initially hurt with a collarbone. I don't think it was as bad as previously thought. Okay. But either way, it's hilarious. What the Raiders are proving is that they won't play their great players. They're already sending the message to their current players and other players around the league. And so when they're going to Vegas in two years, which might attract the attention of a lot of players, they got to remember in the back, back of their minds, oh, crap, Mark Davis isn't going to pay me what I want. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to believe, but uh, I am not mad about it in the least as a Broncos fan. No, I, I find it hilarious. But yep. and, and I think it helps Chicago Bears out a lot. I think Khalil Mack uh, doesn't make them a playoff contender, but definitely takes their defense into a top ten defense. Oh, for sure. But uh, let, let's talk about some of the cuts that were made, practice squad, yeah. et cetera. Any players that were cut come to a surprise for you that the Broncos cut? Um. Yeah, I think. Um, I think the biggest one for me, I don't want to steal your, your thunder because I think I know what you're going to say, but the biggest one for me is Zaire Anderson. Um, I thought he was really productive for us in the few years that we had him. And uh, I think, you know, to, to basically choose Anthony Johnson over him is just a huge risk, um, but one that – you know, hopefully we'll pay off in the wrong one. But for me, that that was the biggest surprise to me because Zaire has actually been a contributing 
member of the team for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, that that was my biggest surprise. Um, I thought, um, um, oh my gosh, D'Angelo Henderson. Can't remember his name. We have so yeah. many Hendersons and Deshaun's and whatever. <laughs> yeah. Two double names. I thought he had a pretty good preseason, especially uh, his Week Four game against the Cardinals. Um, yeah, and. I know he was a fan favorite among some in Broncos country, so that was too bad to see him go, but he did land on his feet in New York with the Jets. Um, but most of the players that were cut, most of them are now back on the uh, practice squad. Yeah. Were you at all surprised to see that we signed Carlos Henderson? I was, but I'm a fan of the move because even though he's kind of an idiot off the field and he's on a suspended list right now, I, st- I still think he's got good potential. I, I do too. We we haven't really seen him at all, but it, it also you know says that we haven't seen anything bad from him. <laughs> so yeah. Hopefully he's getting his life figured out and, and is and is ready to come back. I was fine with that. I was real happy that they uh, re-signed Jeff Hall into the practice squad. Um, yeah, I really like him. He was really good in SEC country out of college. Just the problem with him is he's more of just an edge rusher and didn't have a ton of pass rush moves that's something he kind of needs to work on but I know a lot of guys on the out in Denver media and on 104.3 the fan um like Cecil Lammy that he's real excited he's back um yeah. also nice to get Brandon Langley back um yeah. and why I say that it adds more depth to the return game um might something happen to uh Adam Pacman Jones or Isaiah McKenzie um it's nice to have Langley there and he's still a young player trying to really learn a new position yeah, I agree. I think it'll be it'll be good for him to maybe be humbled a little bit. I mean, he made the team right out of being drafted, and and uh, you know was put into real game time situations. So hopefully, him being on the practice squad, he can learn the you know learn the skills he needs to to become a, a at least a back defender in the league. And um, you know that's where guys are allowed to grow, and hopefully he does because we're going to need. Everybody we can get in the secondary. Unfortunately, we're a lot more in a position than we'd like to be. I, I think the most disappointing thing for me from this offseason was the fact that Sue Cravens had a lot of hype coming in, and we haven't gotten to see him at all, and he's been placed on the IR. Well, he did play this past week against the Cardinals and played really well. Yeah. But he re-injured his knee, and now he's placed in the IR, which is – um, I think the soonest he can be back is like week eight. Yeah. So that's why Isaiah McKenzie, who was initially cut, then yeah. was picked up on the practice squad, now is back on the 53-man roster. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if he's still the number one punt returner or if it's Pac-Man. I'm cautiously optimistic that we still have McKenzie on the roster because I'm telling you, I can just see it now. He's, the minute we let him go, if we do again, he's going to you know, be picked up by like the Chiefs or the, the Patriots or some team that is just going to kill us with him. And he's going to figure out all of his fumbling woes <laughs> and uh, have a D'Angelo Hall type of game against us. I can just see it now. I think he's a really good player that if he can figure out his fumbling problem, He's going to be a guy we like to have on the team. Yeah, and that's that's what I thought though years ago too with Trenton Holiday, and it never really panned out when he left. But I I definitely understand what you're saying. And I get it. You can't you cannot put up with special teams turnovers. You just 
you can't afford it. But he looks like an electric guy. And uh, some of the other guys that were signed to the practice squad was safety Trey Marshall, tight end Brian Parker, offensive tackle Austin uh, Slotman, a nose tackle Kyle Pecco, who's been on the practice squad the last few years, wide receiver River Craycraft, which is nice to see him stick on. I thought he had a nice preseason. Running back David Williams, who was a seventh-round pick out of Arkansas. Once again, I'm happy to see him on the practice squad. And uh, defense alignment Deshaun Williams and offense alignment a- Avery Genesee. So... Yeah, I, I think everything, for the most part, played out as expected. You know, I think the tax and lynch move was interesting. Of course, the cutting and then re-signing McKenzie was interesting. But for the most part, everything else kind of fell into place. D'Angelo Henderson would have been nice to keep, but, you know, I, I saw the Jets picked him up. didn't sound like we were going to have much of a chance at, at signing him again to the practice squad. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, I think that last wide receiver position sounded like it was down between Tim Patrick, who made the team, and yes. um, uh, Craycraft. So, you know, I'm glad. I'm glad for Patrick. He had a great, uh, great preseason, and it turned into him getting a roster spot. So, pretty cool. And how about uh, Matt Lacoste making it as the third string tight end and the release of Austin yeah. Trailer? He, he came out of nowhere to me. I I had initially in the starter training camp been hearing great things about. Uh, trailer and um, yeah, had heard Lacoste's name, but I didn't. I didn't think he'd make it. But but also glad for him. Like you said, the Big Ten is uh, owning our tight end position. Oh yeah, I mean even with Fumagalli on the pup list or IR or whatever, he's gonna be on. Still, all four tight ends on the roster, even with the um, subtraction of Trailer and addition of Lacoste, they're still all represented by Big Ten universities. Cool. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Did you happen to look at the Broncos depth chart they released today? I looked at it, uh, I think I saw it yesterday. That may have been a prediction then, so no, I don't think I did. Okay, well, I got up here, and I'll, I'll go over it real quick. Um, at wide receiver, of course, you have Emmanuel Sanders, and then uh, Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick. Yeah. And then at the other wide receiver position, you got Demarius Thomas, Deshaun Hamilton, Isaiah McKenzie. No surprises there, I don't think. Uh, left tackle, you got Garrett Bowles and his backups, Elijah Wilkinson. Yep. Left guards, Ron Leary, his backs, backups, Max Garcia. Center is Matt Paradis, his backups, rookie Sam Jones. Right guards, Connor McGovern, backup by Billy Turner. And right tackles, Jared Valdir, backed up by Billy Turner. Any surprises there on the line? None for me. I'm, I'm glad to see that Valdir has. Uh, put together a pretty good preseason. Started out a little rocky, but I, I think he's going to be a nice addition that we had over this offseason. I agree. And then tight ends, Hireman is one, Jake Butt two, and Matt Lacoste three. And then running back, Royce Freeman is your starting running back, and he switches number today from 37 to 28. Nice. Let's see, who was the last 28? Was it Monty Ball? Jamal Charles, last year. Oh, yeah, that's right. Who's forgettable Broncos tenure, really. Um, I got a trivia question for you. Who was the last rookie running back to start for the Denver Broncos? Ooh. Um, Let me think about that. TD did not start right away as a rookie, did he? It is Terrell Davis in 95. Okay. He started as a rookie. Very cool. Yep, I, I would have guessed I would have guessed Clinton Portis. I would have been wrong. 
Well, yeah, that that would have been another good guess. I get, yeah, I don't know who uh, would have started over. Or you know, a lot of people think No. Sean Moreno, but he did not start in '09. Wow, that's it. That's actually really interesting. Yep. I didn't even, I would have not known that. Yep. I, the only reason I was thinking TD was because he, I knew he made such an impact, you know, in that preseason. Um, of his rookie year, but I yep. just couldn't remember if he actually got the start week one. Yep. So, little, little trivia for you there. So, uh, did you see that? Uh, did you see that number thirty this year is going to be uh, going to be worn by Philip Lindsay? Yeah. Yeah. Right. That that was my next point because I was going to say Booker's the backup, then uh, newly wearing number thirty, Philip Lindsay's the third string. Uh, pretty cool. All right. Okay. Yeah, I, you know, that's one of those numbers I kind of think should be retired, but once you get retiring too many numbers, look at look at the New York Yankees. They're running out of numbers. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, it's hard to draw that line, but, you know, Hall of Fame, you know, does the Hall of Fame automatically mean you get your number retired? Not necessarily, but D.D. was a very special Bronco, no doubt about it. Well, and, and, uh, and you look at um, – you know, Champ Bailey, nobody's really wore 24, at least as a defensive back, since he left. He gave Adam yeah. Pac-Man Jones permission, so Pac-Man is going to wear 24 now. He wore 20 this past week. That's cool. That's really cool. So, And at quarterback, just for what it's worth, uh, Keenum, of course, starter. Chad Kelly is number two. Kevin Hogan is listed as number three. Who, And he's wearing number nine. Yeah. He couldn't. Uh, McManus would not let him even buy number eight from him. So, <laughs> I don't blame you. On defense, uh, defensive end, you got uh, Derek Wolf, backed up by Zach Kerr. Nose tackle, you got Damato Pecco, backed up by Shelby Harris. Adam Gotsis at the other DN, backed up by Demarcus Walker. Then uh, strong side linebacker, you got Bradley Chubb, backed up by Shaquille Barrett. Weak side linebacker, Von Miller, backed up by Shane Ray. Interior linebacker, Todd Davis, backed up by Joseph Jones. And then third string, Alexander Johnson. And the other interior linebacker, Brandon Marshall, backed up by Josie Jewell, the outlaw, backed up by uh, fellow rookie Kishan Biera. Yes. Any any thoughts there? Any surprises? No, no other big surprises there for me. I think uh, you know. I, I think the defense, like we had talked about in the last podcast I was on, I I think we are not going to see the exact same defense we've seen the last couple of years. I think it keeps leaving is going to be bigger than we want. Uh huh. But but I, I think looking at that depth chart on paper, this would still be a top ten defense. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely on paper looks like it. Um, I mean, uh, we haven't even gone over the other the um, depth chart for the defensive backs. At left cornerback, you got Bradley Roby backed up uh, Tremaine Brock, who did not practice today. I'm not sure why, some type of injury. Then. Uh, Right side cornerback, you got Chris Harris Jr. backed up by Adam Pacman Jones. Then third string's Isaac Yadam. is third string now. Yeah. Hmm. They wanted him to be, you know, possibly a rotating nickel, kind of like Roby was the last few years. So a little disappointing that, that he's third string. But, again, it'll be a good opportunity for him to learn. Yep. And then a strong safety, Darian Stewart, starter. Uh, Will Parks backup. Free safety, Justin Simmons. And back up Demonte Thomas, who had a really strong preseason to make the team. Yeah, I'm really excited about that kid. And then, of course, your place kickers Brandon McManus. Your kickoffs Brandon McManus. Punter and holders Marquette King. Long snappers is Casey Crater. 
Kick returns Philip Lindsay and Adam Pacman Jones, and your number one punt returns Adam Pacman Jones with the number two being Isaiah McKenzie. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what McK- McKenzie brings to the team. He may be a guy that just doesn't stick around for long, but we'll see. Yeah, right now he's just another. You know, he's kind of a backup returner and a sixth string wide receiver. Yeah. But yeah, we'll see because because uh, really Pacman has. So much more experience returning the ball than than McKenzie, even though McKenzie's a more explosive. Pac-Man might get that job. Yeah. So, uh, any other thoughts on the uh, outlook of going into the season on roster wise or anything? No, I'm really excited. I, I think that you know making roster cuts, we have no idea what it's like being in that room when those decisions have to be made, and I think it's incredibly tough to make certain decisions and. I think for the most part, the core guys that we have on this team are going to make this team competitive. And I think if Case Keenum um, plays even, you know, 80% of what he was last year, this is a team that should be pretty darn competitive in the AFC West. I think um, there's not a single team right now that truly is going to, on paper, run away with it. I, I think a lot of national media has the Chargers, or the Chiefs, but I just can't wait for week one to get going this week and see what we have against the Seahawks and maybe prove some people wrong. Yep, it's uh, Sunday, uh, what, 425 Eastern time. Um, home game against Seattle on Fox. Should be fun. I can't wait, man. All right, Jeff, thanks for uh, hopping on the podcast again. Look forward to uh, actually getting you for some post games after the regular season games this year. Yeah, I look forward to it. And, again, thanks so much for having me on. And uh, it's always good to be a member of Broncos country and can't can't wait to get things rolling here this Sunday against Seattle. Yes, sir. Could always be like those crybabies right now in the Oakland Bay. <laughs> Amen. And uh, go Broncos. Yep, go Broncos. And that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Orange Weekly Post Game Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Tanner Lee. You can follow me at the underscore T underscore Lee. I always enjoy talking Broncos football with Broncos country. And I'm so excited that at this time next week, I'll be talking to you about uh, week one against Seattle. We'll actually be talking about some meaning, meaningful football. So uh, with that said, uh, like the Orange Weekly Facebook page if you haven't already. Uh, follow Orange Weekly on Twitter and Instagram. And check out tomorrow night's Facebook live show, Beer, Bronco, and No BS, hosted by Kev Dan and a couple of the other Orange Weekly staff. That's a Facebook live show every Tuesday night at 7 o'clock Mountain Time, 8, 8 o'clock Central, 9 o'clock Eastern. And then you can catch... Uh, the show I'm on with Kev Dan on Get Vocal. It also streams on Facebook. Same time on Wednesday nights, 7 o'clock Mountain, 8, 8 o'clock Central, 9 o'clock Eastern. That's the good, the bad, the ugly, which we, we recap what was good, what was bad, and what was just flat out ugly in the previous Broncos games. And in this case, we'll probably talk about cuts and et cetera. So with that said, let's go Broncos. Let's start off the season great and beat the Seahawks.